listening to The Home Recording Show, hosted by Ryan Canestro and John Tidy. Find us online at homerecordingshow.com. Welcome back with us today, John Tidy at epicsounds.ca, reaperblog.net, and audiogeekzine.com. Hey, guys. And I am Ryan Canestro. You can find us on Twitter, John at The Audio Geek, and me at Ryan Canestro. Emails are John or Ryan at homerecordingshow.com. If you're shopping on Amazon, click through our link. They'll break off a piece and send it our way. Click on the tip jar for one-time or reoccurring monthly donations. The archives tabs near the top of our page. Check out every show we've done. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash homerecordingshow. If you listen on iTunes, please write us a review while you're there. So today, we're going to get into the listener submissions for our seven-year anniversary, which we have now missed by six months. <laughs> yeah, show 250. Yay. So we are so excited to do it. We took an extra half a year to prepare for it. So it's going to be epic. Sit back and prepare to be amazed. Or disappointed. Or whatever you're into. So back in June, it was our seven-year anniversary, and we thought it would be really cool to get some uh, listener submissions on their favorite moments from those seven years. And uh, we got some voicemails to play, and then we're going to talk about each thing after the plays. And you said voicemail because some of them actually were recorded on iPhones and not professional microphones from what we talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, sound quality varies. <laughs> <laughs> to put it nicely. All right. First one comes from Andrew. Hey, guys. This is Andrew Bosring from Williamsburg, Virginia, wishing HRS a happy seventh birthday. I know it'll be another great show, as always. Back in September of 2010, one of my favorite shows was show number 91 with Bobby Ozinski. We dropped some timeless wisdom on us. Definitely worth a 54-minute listen. Hey, be blessed, and I hope you have another seven years. Nice. Yeah, that was a fun interview, and, and that feels like about a million years ago now, doesn't it? Uh, 2010? Was that it? About a million years ago. That was a good get. And um, I don't remember how it happened. Did I get him or you get him? I think I did. I, I think you did. I think you just emailed him. <laughs> That's how you got me on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I used right. to um, I used to send out a lot of emails. I think we got everyone we've asked over the years. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, there were a few people that there were scheduling conflicts and then it just kind of fell through the cracks and I didn't pursue it because I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But um, pretty much anyone we really wanted, we got. So uh, maybe we should have aimed higher over the last seven years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not saying that we got bad people. I'm just saying, you know, if, if, if our record was that good, we might as well just been shooting for the, uh, uh, what's, the what's the term I'm looking for? Batting for the fences? Sure. Something, something. Yep. Pick your own favorite, put it in there. Yeah, so I don't remember that interview at all, uh, but Bobby's got some great stories, and he's talked to so many uh, famous mixers and engineers over the years uh, in his books. So yeah, we, we got into a lot of classic rock stuff, which I really dug. Yeah. Should go back and listen to that one. Probably should. All right, moving on. This one comes from Eric Chesick. Hey, guys. My name is Eric Chesick, and I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. My favorite show moment was the beginning of 106 when you announced I won the HRS theme song contest. I never would have guessed mine would come out on top after hearing the other entries, but it did. And believe me, I told everyone about it. I'm definitely thankful for that, and it's amazing to hear how far I've come since recording it. 
I can honestly say I wouldn't be where I am today without you guys. So thanks for everything. And here's to 250 more shows. Yeah, that one was huge. Um, listeners submitting content and we had so many great submissions on that. And, uh, uh, that one was great. It immediately was like, yep, we're done here. Yep. And we haven't really felt like changing it since then. I, I think no. that, that theme song no is, is the best we've had over the years. And out of all the um, theme contests that we've done, I think that one was the best. For sure. And thank you so much for uh, submitting. And thank you so much for the great theme song. And uh, I, I, hopefully in, in the future, we can start doing a few more shows. And I know we've said that over the last few but uh, there, there are a couple ideas we have and things I'd like to do the, to involve the community again if anyone's left. Yep, hopefully it's not too late. Next one is from Nate. Hey guys, this is Nate Sisson over at uh, RochambeauStudios.com. And uh, I'd have to say my favorite episode was probably episode 100 with the uh, all the uh, drum tracking stuff at uh, Greenhouse Studios. And uh, I still use uh, excerpts from that show uh, to reference my drum tracks when I do a hard rock mix today. So it's been good stuff. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that one was all you, John. Oh, yeah. So that for anyone that doesn't remember, uh, uh, down the street from where I used to live, there was uh, kind of one of Canada's top studios. And... Uh, you just I, wandered in the door, <laughs> well, holding I, a microphone in a I, Zoom recorder. I knew Chris from an online forum, and we'd met up a couple times. And uh, so he was um, he was engineering there, and he took me through like how he does drum recording and drum sample replacement and all that kind of stuff. And he answered every question I could think of on that day. Tons of cool stuff. I'll put in a clip here. I think this, this is a good one to drop in a clip. After that, we'll move into the next question. Next, we have the trash mic, which we've already talked about yeah. in detail. Once again, it's a green bullet. It's pointed at the kick, but yeah. it's sitting under the snare. Yeah. Right? Uh, here's what that sounds like. So this is fairly complicated. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking that this is really, really complicated. <laughs> um, how long does this actually take you to set up? Depending on if there's any technical issues, like the drum kit needing new skins or anything like that. I've got it down now where I can get the whole kit up, usually up and ready to track in two hours, two and a half hours. It's not necessarily that I have a formula or a template, but... There's just certain things that work in this room and they consistently work. So I just use them until I find something that it doesn't work on and then I usually adjust from there. But but the overall principle of the drum kit stays the same regardless of who it is or what drum kit it is. Cool. Let's listen to this kit as a whole and just get your your you know, your average drum mix at when you're tracking. All right, cool clip. What's next? <laughs> that was funny. Uh, <laughs> I think this is Mike. 
Although I loved so many shows, especially those with interviews with such wonders as Matt McGlynn, Sean Costello, etc., my favorite show is number 159, Drum Talk with Travis Whitmore. I have never had a show improve my recording and mixing so dramatically as that one show. Thank you, HRS. This is Mike Falcone from Memphis, Tennessee. I do remember that show, but I can't remember details from it. Same. (laughs) We really should have listened to some of these shows again before playing them back, or sometime in the last six months since the voicemail. But if we put that on a list, we wouldn't have sat down to do it, and then we wouldn't be doing this right now. There's so many new podcasts that I... And I, <laughs> I hear my own do voice ourselves. so much doing the Reaper blog videos, and, and I don't want to go back to old shows, you know? Yeah. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was actually in New York while the AES was happening. Uh, I was on a job in Long Island, and Matt was there, and I was going to go see Slough and Matt and hang out with them one of the nights. But it was so crazy. We shot super late. We got home super tired. And the next day, I had to be on a flight to Africa. And uh, there was just too much to do. So I, I couldn't make it out. And we were like two hours away from where they were. So four-hour round trip after a long day just wasn't going to happen. But I uh, miss those guys. haven't seen uh, Matt or Slough in probably a couple of years now since I haven't been going to the trade shows like I used to. Uh, ran into Matt about a year ago. But uh, such a great community, such a great group of guys. I uh, definitely want to hopefully see more of them in the future. Yeah, I haven't heard much from... Matt recently either. Um, I've probably been out of touch with him for a year, um, but we have we did a few shows with him and they're always good. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we'll just have to hit him up and pull him out of retirement just like us. Yeah. All right. So the next one is from Frederick. Hi guys. I'm Frederick Schellberg. I'm a long time listener. I love the show and it never ceases to amaze me how much information you put in them. And I'm still picking up on the small things that I've missed or have not tried yet. My favorite show moment is probably in the comment section of a show. There were someone that had built a treehouse in his backyard and John made a Star Wars reference about being an Ewok house and how they would make an awesome sound absorption. So congrats on the seven years of doing this and I hope this is just the beginning. Yeah, I guess you could use Ewoks for baffles. Yeah, I think so. I think they would be excellent low frequency absorbers. Yeah, and if you if you go back into the shows, there are some subtle dick jokes layered in there, too. So you might want to make sure you catch all those. Yeah. And the next one's from Jim Todd. Hey, guys. This is Jim Todd, a.k.a. Jim Begg. I have many favorite episodes, but the bottom line is, is that I have been inspired. And inspiration for me is the cat's ass. And these guys really brought it. I can't believe that I had the guts to attempt... Uh, modding my Apex 460 successfully. And now I know how to uh, mic my drums and capture the reverb in a room and get my head around automation, MIDI, sampling, mixing concepts, and all sorts of stuff. It's been a great ride. And so I say thank you, and I raise an aluminum can and say awesome. Yeah, I love that. Production value and the clip and everything. And uh, stepping it up from the bee's knees to the cat's ass. Uh, it, perfect. That is a... <laughs> and he's a great guy. He's uh, been a fan, uh, been a contributor, been involved with us for a long time, back and forth. 
Uh, great dude. Sent us gifts. Oh, yeah. yeah. I use it all the time. We really do like to hear that we've inspired people to uh, to get better at recording um, or even just starting it. And uh, always feels good to know that we're like helping people out. Well, it's kind of weird because we're on the other side of it. We're just two guys talking to each other about what we're passionate about. And it's it, it, it still blows us away that people actually listen and care. And, and that was like the first two years of doing the show. We're like, are we just putting this out to nothing? And uh, people really enjoy it. And it still kind of surprises us, I think. And a lot of our listeners have gone on to become really successful. So that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about sharing information in whatever field you're in. And there's a lot of different fields, especially this one, where people don't want to share the secrets because they think some guy's going to get one up on them. And it, it's bullshit. The more we help each other out, the more we can all work, the more we can all do better work and keep moving forward. People that are great at the jobs and tenacious, keep working hard, will get there. And the people that are sitting there hiding secrets in the corner are people that no one wants to deal with anyway. So share everything. Get it out there. Let's all get better as a group. Up next is Adam Hawley. This is a ginger spelled backwards. Uh, it was really hard to settle on a one particular moment. Uh, there's so much that I liked over the years. Uh, I was torn between not wearing any pants while recording or possibly chasing the crickets, but ultimately I settled on the, the best moment being the description of Guncox and Hollywood being uh, the, basically a transformer humping a battleship. That one was really hilarious. Then I realized you might actually want something a little more substantive as to home recording. And then uh, I think the best tip that I've gleaned, especially as a noob, is learning how to do parametric sweeps to remove unwanted frequencies uh, in your subtractive EQing before doing all the other massaging. So anyway, thanks for all the shows, guys. Yeah, one of our uh, classic fans. So much uh, great back and forth there. Yeah, when we asked for people's favorite clips, in my own mind, I was thinking that there would be like a lot of people suggesting funny clips, but maybe I guess we're not as funny to you guys as we are to ourselves. Well, that's huh? a thought. I, I think most people want the information, and if they can have a laugh, while they're getting the information they want, that's the bonus round. So I think the majority of the people come for the technical stuff, but it's more palatable with a reach around joke mixed in. <laughs> and yeah. that track, you, you always get me with a reach around. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Just take that clip and play it over and over again. Uh, <laughs> that that track that you remixed was his track, right? Um. Yeah, the I think really so. Alice in Chainsy kind of one. Yeah, yeah. I really like that song. Yeah, that's been that's been years. I don't. I haven't thought about that one. Yeah, since what show that, was that? Because I want to hear that song now. That was a great song. I really like the song. Should we look it up? Probably should. Let's drop that song in here because that that was one of those. If you can do like a clip of the before, and then play the actual song, what you did to it, um, that was. The transformation was truly amazing because it was a good song. It just wasn't there. And John was able to pull it from the ashes and make it something that I would listen to every day. You know, I, I would probably hate that mix now because I've changed so much. I don't know. Take a listen to it. It was it was one of the, the better things I heard you mix. It was definitely a, a huge and difference it, before and after. 
that's that's probably what really really sold it but i think it's still a solid mix so the band was called lucid and uh show 192 hard rock mixing autopsy and more yeah there we go So it begins So it begins again Never thought I'd live to see the day Now the sun has come again And everything it seems will be through a lot of my old mixes and some of them I'll cringe but every now and then I'll hit one and I'll say I nailed that one still it stands up I hate everything I did that year except that one is still some of my best work so I don't hate everything <laughs> and the last clip is from Frank last clip already that's it hey this is Frank Ryong I'm a composer in New York City and I've been listening to HRS uh, ever since the beginning so one of my favorite episodes was actually when Ryan's grandfather, I think, uh, one of the early ones, when he came on and he was discussing recording back, way back in the day. Uh, as I thought it was very interesting, especially compared to how easy it is now for any Yahoo to grab up a cheap interface and just record and create music, whereas his grandfather was talking about how different it was and how difficult. And then also no editing um, and just so different, you know, you hear a lot about the Beatles and these classic records and how they're made and the old way of recording, but you don't really hear so much about the old uh, amateur way to record or, you know, a bunch of guys who just played music and they wanted to go and record. It's just so different and so fascinating. So uh, hopefully there'll be many more episodes and congratulations, guys. Uh, love the show and keep it up. Thanks. That was a fun one. You remember any details from that one? Yeah, I, I remember we're just kind of going through all, all the different techniques and just him growing up and how different everything's been. Um, you know, he would have been 93 now. Um, he passed last year. He made it to, He made it almost to 93. So we're talking about a long time ago. So uh, 
a lot of fun stuff there and and just reminds people that you know you can take your digital workstation and only record a live band and not do overdubbing and set that up in the beginning and let everybody know to be prepared to make that recording and and trust me people will show up and do a lot better uh, i actually did that with a band um, in the early 2000s where we went in the studio and we tracked everything live as a band all of the uh, the drums, bass, rhythm guitar, and electric guitar were done as a band, period. Made a big difference on the overall project. Well, it's certainly been a long time since I've done a segment, so let's see if I still know how. Today I'm going to be talking about Dante. I'm sure there's a literary joke to be made, but that is certainly above us. What is Dante? And why should you care? Dante, the digital audio network through Ethernet, is a combination of software, hardware, and network protocols that deliver uncompressed, multi-channel, low-latency, digital audio over a standard Ethernet network using Layer 3 IP packets. At least that's what the Audinate website says. This is the basic technology, in one form or another, that the live venues have been using for quite some time. Instead of running thousands of feet of expensive cable from the mix position to the stage, you can run two Cat6 cables. The financial savings and the ease of troubleshooting are insane. So basically, you have to have all of your mic preamps on stage. They're all in a box. You plug in your network cables, run those network cables as far as their theoretical range will take you, and then you can patch in and out multiple mixers and devices with no special equipment required. Head on down to Best Buy, grab a network switch, and that's all you need. Well, two of them so you can have your A network and B network so you have parity. If one network goes down, it automatically switches to the other. So you got two of everything. Where this gets really interesting is if you have long cable runs, you don't have any signal loss. You don't have any expensive cables. Say you're running 100 channels of audio, you'd normally have 100 lines, but in this case, two Cat6 cables. The other side of this is if you have a big complicated system, say you have multiple classrooms or a huge studio with booths on other sides of the universe, you can have Dante-enabled devices in there, everything connects through standard network cable, and everything's connected, and any computer on that network or any mixer on that network can easily be designated, sends, feeds, whatever you need. So pretty cool technology. I've been reading up on it a lot because I'm jumping in. I haven't built the system yet, but it's already getting a little out of hand. So those are the basics. But then Audinate keeps doing some new cool stuff. First up is the Dante Virtual Sound Card. This turns any standard network adapter on a laptop, computer, whatever, into a Dante Sound Card. So if you have a Dante-enabled mixer with one single cable back out of that network switch, you can plug directly into your laptop and record up to 64 channels of audio. Now, obviously, a dedicated Dante card inside of a computer is going to have better latency and you can get more channels out of it. But 64 channels and there's no additional sound card. You just plug into your Ethernet jack. Sounds pretty cool to me. Best part is that software costs $30, period. And that's not just one way for recording. You can send audio off your laptop to the mixer. If you want to play iTunes before a show, whatever, it's coming and going. All your routing is done with Dante controller software which is free. And the software is really easy to use. It's just one giant grid. Everything that you have on the network shows up and you've got your 
inputs on one side, outputs on the other side, put dots in a grid. Now, just recently, they released Dante Via, and this pretty much opens up everything now. You can have multiple laptops on the Dante network that have FireWire USB Thunderbolt interfaces connected into them, and then each of those can become part of the larger system. You can have multiple laptops recording different parts of the same project simultaneously across a large area. I haven't played with any of the Dante Via stuff yet, but I'm sure I will. The part that excites me is the possibilities are essentially limitless. And I know how to crimp Cat6 cable, so a couple thousand foot boxes of that, I can pretty much put stuff anywhere I need it. Also, a majority of all the audio companies out there are adopting this particular format. They've got well over 100 so far and growing. I think that's about enough for the basics. Let's get John in on this, and then we can start talking about my setup and how crazy that's going to get. Dante is like the sexiest and geekiest system simultaneously. Like, Keep talking. An example of the Dante stuff is Focus Rights RedNet. Is that right? Exactly. I was going to mention that in the segment, but I, I thought, you know, I we'll talk about it all. Yeah, uh, that's the one that comes to mind immediately. But that's kind of like a stu uh, recording studio uh, adaptation of Dante. But there's also much more widespread use of uh, the original like uh, consoles and and stuff that I oh, don't know what brand. What so I just bought a that. Yamaha O1V96i mixer, mm -hmm. so digital mixer. And for another 500 bucks, maybe 600, something like that, you pop a Dante card in the available slot. Then you've got your two network connections into that. So you get your A network and B network. Then Tell me more about send... that available slot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can, I can come out of that into a switch, out of that switch into my laptop, out of that switch into uh, RedNet 1 or whatever else, and then out of that switch into another Dante-enabled mixer. And all of those channels coming and going on all of those devices are available to all of those devices. Cool. And it's as simple as home networking. Um, you can get, you know, a, a switch with eight inputs on it at Best Buy for, what, 20 bucks? And it doesn't even have to be like a top quality no. thing, like a... Uh, enterprise Just a standard grade or 10 whatever. 100 1000 switch and now you don't need to worry about your mic preamps getting viruses right i uh, hope not <laughs> it's just so cool like uh because right now i'm i'm doing a hidden camera show starting in january and we're already prepping it and we are doing these locations where i have to have audio and antennas up to two acres away like we're in a control room and I need to hide microphones really far away. And uh, the, the radial makes a little box, the one I'm looking at. It's like five or 600 bucks. You put one network cable into it, and you get four mic or line um, inputs and four outputs on that one device. So I can just run the network cable, hide that somewhere on the other side of the property, and hide additional mics or send an output to that, and then put my transmitter near the action for the wireless. Hmm. So that's kind of where my head went with, with all that. A very flexible system because you can travel long distances on those with a network cable. Yeah. Uh, much easier than mic cables. Oh, for sure. And when you're talking about 
uh, just that one network cable, that would be eight XLRs running, what was it, 300 meters, the theoretical, or is it 100 meters? I think it's 300 feet, 100 meters on standard Cat6 cable without signal loss. Okay. So that's a pretty good run. Can you do wireless with it? No, you cannot. Okay. Don't even ask about it. What about uh, um, Dante mixers? Like, what are options for home studios? Uh, the higher end, um, Yamaha's have them built in. And even the Behringer X32 has an available slot for a Dante card. Oh, so that's probably the most affordable one. Uh, and I'm sure there's which more is, affordable. The, the, okay. Yeah, there's um, the uh, there's I think a hundred. I looked at the list. Uh, there was 126 companies on their list that are making products, and uh, AKG has stuff. Uh, Pro Tools is already in. Uh, even companies like Bose, um, Crest Audio, some of the more consumer type stuff, uh, and Radial. There, I mean, there's a ton of companies on here. It's just it goes and goes and goes. PV even has stuff. Rain, Personas, uh, Focusrite we already mentioned. Sure has a bunch of stuff. SSL, uh, sound devices. It's it's pretty well integrated across uh, uh, Whirlwind. Um, they have the digital snakes, and that's the same thing um, wow. that I was talking about in the beginning. So from your mixer, you just run the two Cat6 cables to stage, and you can have 64 channels coming and going right from your, your stage box with the two cables. That's awesome. Yeah, so I hadn't realized that this is so widespread. Like, that's more than companies that used FireWire 400, probably, as a yeah. connection type. And there were some competing things. There was CobraNet. There were a couple others that all kind of did it. But Audinate kind of pulled it together, pulled the companies together, dialed in the technology, and made it pretty much bulletproof. So in my setup, I'm going to use Dante to put the extenders out, but also directly into my laptop and record all of my audio right off my mixer. Instead of using a USB, which can only carry 16 channels, this can carry 64 channels. Awesome. Straight to a laptop. And I'm, I'm going to run Boom Recorder, which is a little bit out of uh, the uh, what people on this podcast for home recording would probably use. Um, but it is a uh, multi-track software for, based for film people. It's pretty much as simple as possible with the inputs, meters, and it does all the uh, scene and time code and all that fun stuff. Yeah, but no overdub, no plugins. Nope. None of that stuff. No, it's it's a basic recorder for that movie environment. Um, I, I bought the uh, two-channel version. I think it was like uh, 20 or 30 bucks. Played with it, liked it, um, had everything I needed. So uh, today I just uh, send in, um, it's 260 for the full version. And it will record, I think, 256 channels. You could use Reaper too, though. Yeah, I could. And if it wasn't in the middle of a giant union television show and I was responsible for all the audio, you know, I'd probably use Reaper to save a few bucks. <laughs> yeah. But you got to show up with the big boy toys when... Uh, when you're in the big boy arena. And then I'll also do backup recording off of that, but not okay. Dante. Well, it could be. could just go Dante into another computer and have two separate computers running. You can send the audio anywhere. So for a home studio budget, let's say 2500 do you know what the options are? Well, the radial stuff 
um, that I've been looking at looks really cool because you can say you had uh, your studio set up in one area and you wanted to record like on the other side of the property. Uh, you can really extend the range pretty easily from anything. So you can have um, the the virtual sound card and then run one of those little things. That's uh, that's 500 bucks plus your computer and the $30 for the virtual sound card and a cheap switch. So if you don't need the long distances, it's probably not a good system for the home studio. Like a FireWire interface tends to be limited to about uh, like 26 tracks or like two ADAT ports, something like that, right? 24 mic preamps. Everything above that is like crazy expensive. And you can't use two FireWire interfaces to get um, 64 tracks. Yeah. I was thinking that that might be an, kind of a way around that, use a different system instead of like a FireWire-based system. But you, I think there's a lot of modules you need to buy into this system for it to work, right? Like oh. every like mic preamp you need, or you need some sort of adapter that hit, that connects your mic preamps to this converter that connects yeah. to the Yeah, you need router. to get into the system some way. So it's not completely just free. You don't pay $30 and then your computer can record it. You have to have the it to send to it. So it, it is a bit better for installations or bigger systems. Or say you have a hotel, they have these little... Um, you see the XLR right in the wall. Well, before you had to pull cable for all that, they have Dante adapters for those. So you can have, you know, all 10-year ballrooms have XLR adapters all over the place. You only have to pull CAT 6, and then it'll work with all the systems. So you can send whatever mm -hmm. audio to whatever system. Um, they have amplifiers, like uh, uh, full amplifiers for a nightclub that have Dante input. So instead of having to run the snake all the way back from the board... Again, that just comes off the Dante feed directly into the amplifier, and then you have all your controls there. So you can you can send whatever audio you want or change it on the fly in your entire system. So everything's customizable from your laptop at that point in your entire system. Cool. Yeah, it, once, once I started reading and just thinking, like, my mind exploded. I kind of put my head back together, and I was like, okay, what's the practical application for me? And... Um, Still not quite practical, but I'm going to do it anyway. Hmm. Something you could do is have like one sort of main system and then a couple remote systems that are smaller, maybe uh, two separate 16-channel or 8-channel systems that all connect to your main system uh, or that can connect to your main system if you need everything. Absolutely. And also like for the stage, going back to that, because... That's kind of where it makes a lot of sense. Um, you can have your monitor mixer just plugs into that as well. So you have your stage snake coming off, and you can send microphone feeds to the stage mixer, microphone feeds to the main mixer. They don't interact with each other at all. You can do completely separate mixes and send those mixes in different directions. In terms of actually routing this stuff, is it all done through the computer or is are there control surfaces that do this or is it all from the mixer or what? Yeah, it's all on the computer. There's the software, um, the Dante controller, and it's it's a pretty simple interface where you just kind of drop dots on a grid. So you have all the incoming, outgoing, where do you want it to go? Mm, so it's a, a matrix view. Yep. Okay. And then if there's something where, say you have 50 things on your network and you want one thing to send to all 50, 
you can go into a broadcast mode where it's not sending 50 individual feeds. It sends a broadcast to those 50 addresses. So uh, it's for scaling up, you have a lot of options too. That's cool. So it saves you a lot of network traffic. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to play with it. Um, I was I was looking at it, and then I decided not to do it for this current setup. But then when I saw the distances I have to go, I said, I, I think I probably should then. Uh-huh. And we it's something, something I'm going to do going forward anyway. So uh, you know, I might as well just go for it. It's only piles of money, right? <laughs> yeah. So probably not practical for everyone in the home studio universe, but uh, I think you're going to see a lot more of it. It's super cheap. It's super cheap to implement. Um, a lot of houses now already have Cat 6 in the walls. So if you wanted to put a studio interface on one room and your control room in the other, and there's already Cat 6 running there, you can pop all this on your home network and run them side by side. What's the downside of having the mic preamps on stage versus, like, would all those mic preamps have to be remote controlled? Yeah, they are. And you have to have them on stage because uh, you have to get the mic amplified and then to line level and then line level gets the conversion and then the conversion gets sent down. So there's mic pre's and A to D conversion before it sends it down. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why they uh, they can't convert uh, mic level, but I'm sure it's such a weak signal that there'd just be all kinds of trouble. Yeah. And the sensitivity of the electronics would have to be to the point where I'm sure only NASA could afford it. Probably. And even then. I think it is worth noting that they are remote controlled mic preamps. Mm-hmm. So they're probably in the more clean style of Oh, absolutely. Of preamp. But you could have your favorite preamps on stage and then just go straight into your board line level and then still use those. But then the mixer just wouldn't have it at his fingertips unless he runs copper. It's definitely cheaper than running uh, standard cables through walls, you know, for however many channels that is. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure that once you got past, like, 32 channels going 50 feet, that would probably pay for the mic preamps and the router and all that Dante card. Yeah, and especially in the film business where... You're setting stuff up and people are rolling over your cables with carts and everything else. Who cares if they trash Cat 6? It doesn't matter. You just pull another line off the box. But if they're trashing your 100-channel snake, then you might cry or murder somebody (laughs) or both. And depends on the order, uh, how you are emotionally. Well, I think I've talked long enough to make you bored, so I think we're done. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks to everyone who comments and participates in the show. Thank you so much to everyone who's donated. Thanks to John for the long hours of editing our show. There's plenty more where that came from. We'll hopefully see you next week. Thank you for listening. The guys will be back next week. Please go to homerecordingshow.com and leave your comments.